What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Backup Fantasy Sports. It is Monday, October 2nd. My name is Ewan. On today's episode, we're going to get into some F1 fantasy with a cutter Grand Prix preview, a little bit of a Japanese review here, looking at some swings in the points, some strategy coming up. There's only six races left in the season, so six more race previews. It's going to come down to the wire. Japan did not go well um, for me personally, but I know it went great for some other people. So let's just get right into it here with a little episode content. So what we've got coming up, Japanese Grand Prix review, swings at Suzuka, Qatar Grand Prix preview. We're going to follow the data. We're going to look at Carlos versus Checo. Maybe go through some of my transfers this week. And then the schedule, while we are here at the top, though, I would love it if you could like and subscribe to the channel. Just short of 100 subscribers right now. would love to get that before the race kicks off this weekend. Sprints race this weekend in Qatar. So it's going to be action-packed. Three straight days of racing. Three straight days of fantasy points available. So lots to get into. Uh, so yeah. Follow me on Twitter at you or you out and just like and subscribe to the channel. Would really appreciate that help out there. But let's get into what happened in Japan just a couple of weekends ago. Max and Red Bull got back on track, took pole and won the race. Oscar Piastri qualified second, Landon Norris third, Charles Leclerc fourth, and Sergio Perez fifth. Needless to say, Sergio Perez did not end up there on race day. Several crashes. Retired, came back out, retired again just to avoid a penalty in Qatar this weekend. Smart by Red Bull. Pretty sure that loophole has already been locked up by the FIA, so that won't be happening again. But yeah, Max came back storming in fantastic fashion with a very strong weekend. But McLaren, very good as well. Lando got ahead of Oscar eventually. Uh, Oscar with his first podium of his young F1 career, so... Good job by him, but five DNFs on Sunday. Alexander Albon, Logan Sargent, Lance Stroll, Sergio Perez, and Valtteri Bottas. Yeah, it was kind of carnage out there, but we're going to get into that a little bit more here. Some Japanese Grand Prix facts and stats. The optimal team was Ferrari and McLaren with Verstappen as your times two driver. Piastri, Norris, Leclerc, Alonso. That would have bagged you 329 points. Positions gained, Joe Guan Yu, Espan Akon, Nico Hulkenberg with 6, 5, and 4, respectively there. Overtakes, Fernando Alonso with 9, and then Nico Hulkenberg and Lance Stroll with 6. And the fastest pit stop was Ferrari taking 15 of the 18 available points. So they had 15, Alpha Tauri had 3. So pretty good weekend for the Tavosi overall there. Piastri gets his podium. He was driver of the day, qualified second, finished third. So he did lose a position on Sunday, but had two overtakes. And the driver of the day award got him to 35 points, which is a new season high for the rookie. His 2.40 
points per million over the last three races is the best value on the grid. He is now he's now been more valuable than Carlos Sainz over the last three. So Oscar is at 2.4 and Carlos Sainz is at 1.83. My team here, it did not go well. I had two free transfers. I used them. I wish I had not. I did Carlos Sainz to Sergio Perez, and I did Alexander Albon to Logan Sargent. It was a huge swing and sunk me four days. Perez with minus 11, Logan Sargent minus 21 after he crashed in qualifying without setting the time. That is a new season low in the game, negative 21 points. That has not happened to any other driver in the game. Max Verstappen came through with 94 points, Lando Norris 31, Oscar Piastri 35. Uh... Bright side, I, I think I did all right getting the McLaren in there, 66. But the entire week leading up, I was kind of leaning Carlos, even going with double Ferrari, or Ferrari as a constructor, and then woke up Saturday morning nice and early to check free practice three. Saw that Sergio had a really strong uh free practice three result and totally tilted me into just going with this boring lineup that I hate. And it is now here. So my ranks sank from inside the top 35 K went down about 4,000 spots. So not great, Bob. I know a lot of people had, I was 0.1 short of going um, to Yuki instead of Logan Sargent. And that was brutal. Uh, I could have gone with Liam Lawson, but like, let's just get into it here. Swings at Suzuka. This is what I said after the race on Sunday uh, on Twitter slash X, whatever we're calling it these days. I'm expecting a massive rank drop this week due to the huge swings in F1 fantasy after the Japanese Grand Prix. And uh, that was the provisional points that I just had like right after the race. But right here on the right side of the screen, I have added up what the kind of point swings were. I was trying to find the overall rank, but unfortunately the F1.com site only does the top 500 in the global. So I couldn't really figure out where my rank would have been if I had scored this amount of points. So apologies there. But Carlos Sainz plus Liam Lawson would have scored you 23 points. Sergio Perez plus Yuki Tsunoda would have scored you negative nine points. And if you went with what I went with, Sergio Perez plus Logan Sargent, you scored negative 32 points. So... I was looking at the Carlos Sainz, Liam Lawson package, and that would have been a 55-point swing. Whew, that is going to hurt come the end of the season. Um, but congrats to everyone that went with the correct pay pairing here with Carlos Sainz and Liam Lawson, along with Verstappen, Norris, Piastri. Uh, even saw some people go with Sainz and Ferrari, like just crushing it. So it was a... One of the swingiest weekends of the season so far. There's still six races left, still some time to make up some uh, room there, but it's going to be tough. That that was a big swing, and it hurt. So, um, yeah, I guess comment below about how your team did in Japan. Was it as poor as mine with my 240 points? Did you Were you one of the people that had double Ferrari? Did you have Carlos and Liam? So just let me know below. I want to see some success to get me out of how poor I did this weekend here. Data dump here. Uh, just kind of 
checking in on the stats. I haven't done it for a couple of weeks here. So just going through the last three races. So best points per race over the last three. Verstappen's top here with 36.7. Signs in second. Hamilton third. Piastri fourth. And Norris fifth. So a lot of us F1 fantasy managers have four of those five. Best points per million over the last three is Piastri, Sainz, Norris, Verstappen, and Joe Guan Yu. So that's interesting there. I mentioned Piastri there is 2.4. That leads the entire grid. Sainz, 1.83. Norris, 1.50. Verstappen, 1.27. And Joe Guan Yu, 1.23. The worst points per race over the last three, you can see Noda here with negative 11.7 points after his back-to-back DNFs. Um, he did finish the race at his home race in Japan last weekend, but the two races before that finished with some D did not finish. He DNF twice. Valtteri Bottas in second here with negative nine. Esteban Ocon, negative seven. Logan Sargent pictured here, kind of holding his head, negative four points per race, and Lance Stroll here with negative 2.3. And the worst points per million last three, Sonoda, two point negative 2.1. Botas, Sargent, Ocon, and Stroll. So kind of a, a pretty big swing there. Like a lot of us earlier in the year were going between Joe and Sonoda. So it has been tough for if you picked, if you got Joe, you've probably gotten a pretty good bump there as well. But Sonoda did well in Japan, but was not a viable asset in F1 Fantasy the two weekends before that. How many of these guys do you have in your lineup? Would love to know. I only have three of those <clears throat> best points per race guys, three of the best points per million guys. And unfortunately, I do have Logan Sargent in my lineup, and that is going to cost me. So let me know below. Race info here for the Qatar, yeah, Qatar Grand Prix. Uh, the Sale International Circuit, 5.418 kilometers long, 57 laps, 16 corners, one DRS zone. And it's only the second time it's ever raced here. It came on the calendar at the back end of 2021, which was still the COVID-affected season. But this begins a 10-year contract with um, the circuit to be on the F1 calendar. So we're going to see this for the next decades. Uh, drivers say they like it, the high-speed corners. Uh, it's going to be interesting with the new regulations. It was not on the calendar last season, so we've only had this with the regulations before 2022. So certainly something to watch, see how these new cars or the new regulations kind of go around this track. 2021 results is kind of the only thing we have to go on here. Lewis Hamilton took pole, finished first in that epic title fight that I'm sure a lot of us remember. Valtteri Bottas was up there in qualifying in third he with DNF, but Fernando Alonso got on the podium there, finishing fifth in qualifying and then third in the race. Uh, not a ton to gain here, um, I guess. Lewis likes the track, did quite well there, but the cars are totally different now. Uh, and it's going to be a quick turnaround for um, the practice to the qualifying here because it is a sprint weekend so the schedule is kind of tight so friday we've got free practice one qualifying on friday night and then straight into the saturday sprint saturday with the sprint shootout in the morning or the afternoon and sprint at night the first ever night sprint so that will be interesting sunday is the grand prix but with it being a sprint weekend that means the qualifying is a unusual friday lock so 
lineup locks this week are going to be at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. local time, 6 p.m. British time, and 1 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you set your clock. Do not get caught out by this early lock. It's six races to go. We need to be on our best behavior and keep everything tight to not miss any lineup locks. Let's just check the weather here for a second. Go to Doha. Give me one second here. Here we go. So right now, so Thursday is going to be 105. Friday, it's going to be 105. Saturday, it's going to be 104. And Sunday, it's going to be 102. So it is going to be hot this weekend. It's unfortunate that we don't get two free practices because with some dry uh, practices, we could really get some good data for these uh, tracks. And that would be fantastic for, oh, there we go. Done that again. Uh, for our chances of kind of guessing who's going to be really good at this, we're especially trying to, with so many people trying to get their chips in. So uh, with six races left, like limitless chip, extra DRS boost, all that data would be very handy. And that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit today here. So I had this idea over the break that I wanted, to, I always look at these on Friday, the practice debriefs on f1.com. They're really, really handy. Lawrence Barreto writes them up usually, sometimes other people step in, but it gives us qualifying simulation pace, race simulation pace, ideal order, all that's just some like really nice tidbits for our F1 fantasy team. So I would highly recommend reading this whenever possible. Unfortunately, it's not going to apply to the next two races because those are to sprint races, and we're not going to get this article in time for our qualifying. But on normal Grand Prix weekends, this is very, very handy to have. So what I did over this last two weeks, I kind of went through, I went back, and I went to every practice debrief for the season for 2023, and I wrote down the top three that Lawrence Barreto had in his data pack, kind of, and I kind of broke down the numbers. So they have a qualifying analysis and a race analysis. So this is what they did here. So out of the 45 times that they gave us qualifying data on the practice debrief, they guessed the top three for qualifying, the top three teams for qualifying, 33 out of 45 times. So 73.3%. They guessed the top three in the exact correct order 35.6% of the time, 16 of the 45 times. For the races, they guessed the top three in any correct order, 24 out of the 33 times, 72.7%. And then they guessed the top three teams in the exact order, 17 out of 33 times. So just so I can explain that there. So if they guessed, or not guessed, but in their data, if they found it like uh, Red Bull was fastest, Ferrari was second fastest and Aston Martin was third. If in qualifying, it ended up being Red Bull, McLaren, Ferrari. I gave them credit for that for the top three correct in any order. And if it was in another race, if it was Mercedes, McLaren, Ferrari, and they got Mercedes and then it ended up Mercedes, Red Bull, Ferrari, then they 
got credit for an exact order. So that's kind of how I broke down that data. I just wanted to illustrate the point that it's a it's a free resource. It's right there at our fingertips. And with six races left, three of them are sprints, but three of them are not. So it's definitely something to rely on going into a normal Grand Prix weekend. They kind of had that in Monza. Uh, people that played the Limitless chip there made great gains. So good job by them. They even kind of gave it away in Singapore as well. Uh, although they did have Red Bull as one of the better race paces, but qualifying was just a disaster. They couldn't make it up. And then last weekend, as well in Japan, they even touted Ferrari, Carlos Sainz doing really well, Charles Leclerc doing well, really well, and Sergio Perez not doing so well. So if we had listened to that, if I had listened to that, I would not be in this 7,500 rank hole that I currently find myself in. Checo versus Carlos is going to be a massive debate this weekend. Uh Science has outdriven Checo in the second half of the year. It's plain and simple. Uh, some stats here. I've got total points, points per race for the last three, points per million for the last three, and most points in a single race in the second half. Checo leads in total points, 458 to 298. Points per race over the last three. Signs 33.7. Perez, 11.7. Points per million over the last three. Signs 1.83. Checo 0 0.60 and then most points in a single race in the second half Perez with 30 twice in the Netherlands and Monza and signs with 45 in Singapore so you can see here over the last three races <clears throat> signs has outperformed Perez three over three times as well and he's 0.5 million less right now so sergio is 20.3 and carlos is 19.9 so it's a pretty big decision on who we're going to go with this weekend so i'm just going to go to my transfers here i'm going to share my screen and we are going to get over here real quick i'm just going to double check that it doesn't look too bad yeah that's fine that's that's perfect all right so Here's the current lineup that I have that I'm not a huge fan of, but simple thing is I got two free transfers. If I don't want to get Sergio in there, Carlos in leaves me with 5.6 million. Do I love it? No, but I would be choosing between Nico Hulkenberg, Yuki Sonoda, and Logan Sargent. It definitely would not be Logan Sargent. Um, <clears throat> with how hot it's going to be, Haas could struggle but they could pick up points in the sprint they had a daring strategy the last time out i think they both finished in the points so that's something to consider with the sprint weekend coming along haas could do better in a sprint race than alpha Tari, but it would come down to yuki sonoda or nico hulkenberg for me there the other option would be i bring sergio back in i would still have 5.2 and that only leaves me with logan Sargent. So that is a bummer. So I pretty much have to get Sergio out of my lineup. Or I can go here, I can go Ferrari, and I get 10.3 back. That gives me a lot of options as well. Joe Guan Yu's there, K-Mag, Alexander Albon, pretty much most of the back markers plus Bottas, Albon, and K-Mag. With the high-speed corners, it could be an interesting track for Williams. I don't 
hate how that looks. It could be uh, pretty positive. Uh, I'm going to keep the triple McLaren. going to keep Max. But yeah, if I don't want to get... If Red Bull looks good, if Ferrari looks good, maybe this is the way to go with getting some Ferrari exposure. But I just... I do not want to trust Checo at all. He was so bad in Japan. It was like everyone knows what happened there. So could go Carlos here. I mean, Mercedes. If Mercedes looks good in FP1, then it could be time to activate the Limitless chip because that's something that would be very interesting. Kind of shoot me back up there. Would, but yeah. So lots of uh, things to kind of get on there. But it's going to be... The races are going to start coming thick and fast. This is We've got this race here this weekend, and then we have a triple header. Yes, you heard me. A triple header. Austin Grand Prix, Mexican Grand Prix, and then the Brazilian Grand Prix. And two of those three races are sprints. So we've got back-to-back -back sprint races, and then we've got triple headers as well. With So next three of the next four races are going to be sprints. So definitely something to monitor coming up here. But if you are an attentive manager, you're going to shoot up the ranks. Some people are going to get caught out here with how many races there are coming in the next month. Like it is October 2nd today. So then we've got four races coming in the next four or five weekends. So five weekends. So definitely keep an eye out on this channel and uh, just F1 in general, because there's going to be a ton of races. Lineup locks. This is the last time I want to say this. Lineups lock on Friday, October 6th, local time, 8 p.m., UK time, 6 p.m., and the U.S. Eastern time at 1 p.m. But that is going to do it for this week's episode of Backup Fantasy Sports and the Cutter Grand Prix Preview. So much to get into, so little time. The sprint is kind of throwing a wrench in everything. I would love a normal Grand Prix weekend to kind of try and bounce back, figure out chip strategy. It's a, if Red Bull looks strong, it could be a great weekend to use extra DRS boost on Max. So I would definitely think about that. Limitless chip might want more data. It's going to be tough. Uh, but there will be, uh, you can definitely follow me on Twitter at you in or you out. I'll be tweeting about anything that comes from practices or the weekend warm up that F1.com will put out there on their website this weekend. But yeah, once again, I was going to say once again, thanks for listening, but I'm just going to plead one last time like and subscribe to the channel. We'd really appreciate it. Trying to get to the triple digits by race weekend. And you can follow me on Twitter or X at you in or you out. But now, once again, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Mm -hmm.